0: Hello good people of Europe. So I actually just interviewed Mr Rip from Zurich and wow, we initially planned to talk about geo arbitrage, which we did, but we got into a conversation about so many interesting things. We're really trying to dive deep into like the actual planning part behind financial independence, not just what do you do after you become financially independent, but before in which order the emotional aspects around it. What does it do with you? I personally found this episode pretty interesting and it forced me to think and discuss these things and we literally recorded it five minutes ago. So I hope this episode will offer some value to you. We will talk about you arbitrage and Switzerland and all kinds of cool things. So yeah, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your host, Alvar, Erminta, and Matthias. So welcome, everybody. Welcome back again to another episode of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. I've got a recurring awesome guest with us today. Uh, Welcome, Mr. Rip.
1: Oh, welcome. Welcome, everybody. I'm Mr. Rip. Uh,
0: awesome. Maybe people will recognize Mr. Rip's voice from the earlier episodes we did with him or from our first 15 episodes where Mr. Rip was actually part of our introduction.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember. Remember. <laughs> we, should, we should record new characters.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mainly liked your Warren Buffett one. And Mr. Rip did some great copycat approaches of famous people and really mimicked them well. I think your theater classes came forward in that pretty good. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah we are actually going on stage in a month again so overwhelmed with that
0: <laughs> oh i know theater is a big part of your life we'll catch on that later on in the episode sure. anyway so for today i would like to focus on a bit of like a recap of the episode we did earlier with me, Srib, because obviously switzerland as a country for fire everybody think, in europe thinks it's a holy grail For financial independence but it's really good but we'll have a bit of a chat on that with mr rip and then later on have a bit of a talk on geo-arbitrage how to get this done in europe and mr rip and i are going to both have a bit of a discussion on that uh, the concept how it works couple examples in europe and kind of like our personal takes on it because everybody thinks hey it's amazing well we'll see later on what happens but first of all mr rip how is life going has anything changed
1: since our last interview almost a year ago in one year, we, like, our wealth grew a bit. I'm still working 100%. And we have a daughter. So yeah, there's there been some change. Oh, wow. <laughs> and have you started to work less since your daughter came in, into your life? Well, I had two months and a half of paternity leave. So I was able last summer to take a break. And right now... I'm in the process of maybe switching back to working 80%, but that's not official yet. So maybe I'll, I'll start working four days per week again, because I've done this three years ago for a while. Uh, but this time, this may be one first step toward not working anymore. So if I'm going to 80%, maybe next month or in May, and I commit myself to never come back to 100%.
0: I love that one. I hear also like from many people I know when once they go to like four days, they'll consider like, you know, to be like the perfect balance in terms of like time off and still having this like, you know, professional work life going on at the same time. I wasn't no, for you no, last no, time.
1: No, 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 no. I need to block you here. So I've been working 80% for nine months in 2017, I think. But then uh, four four days per week is not enough. It's still unbalanced. I think my ideal balance would be working three days per week working three days per week it it feels more like not working than working like you work three days on your main job and then you have four days that you can devote to do your personal projects but you work four days per week then the remaining three days it's just a slightly longer weekend and it, it, it's hard to market to your to your wife like hey i want to work on suffocation no no you, you got extra fridays so we can have extended weekends away while if you work three days then you can market it better and get some like side gig it's more likely that you succeed so i think 60 percent is an amazing balance in my opinion I like that one. And if you also think about it, it doesn't really take the majority up of your week anymore, then
0: yeah. it sense. It's, pretty... it's, a,
1: it's a tipping point. I think it's also the, what Keynes, uh, was it Keynes that said that at one point, uh, humanity will be working like three days per week instead of five days, like one of the, one of the father of capitalism. So I'm just following his predictions. <laughs> yeah, the principle where
0: 50, 60 years ago, they said, hey, we'll all start working uh, two, three days a week and yeah. we'll be crazy healthy. And instead of that, we've started to work more and more and more and to waste to more buy and more, more money. Stuff.
1: To, buy more, to buy more stuff, to buy better smartphones. <laughs> he didn't predict that.
0: <laughs> now, the, the scientific prediction was all right. He just forgot how stupid human
1: beings can be. Exactly. Or us. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually just, if you think about it... It's a human-scale hedonistic adaptation, because if you just wanted to have the same quality of life than 50 years ago, it's enough to work one day per week right now. But we want more. That's a problem.
0: Yeah, and the problem, we're greedy beings. We all either, if it's the greatest, newest, fancy smartphone, or like, oh, I want the best possible career. It's never like, okay, I focus on one purpose and I'm happy with that, having that in life. I always want seven different ones and the best of the seven different things at once
1: yeah i hope it, it... it also it also lies in the small things like uh, we have a daughter and i had no idea how many bullshit there are around baby things like if you want to buy a mat to, to put your to your, your baby on there are mats for zero one month which are more soft then there are mats for two three months which are like the, the baby can start rolling what the fuck, I, I, I grew up on the floor. <laughs> now, babies need a mat every month to, to be changed, cost 100 euros each. So there is a lot, a lot of crap that that, that is around. And it's, it's dangerous because especially mothers are easily influential. And
0: it's almost like companies are too good in marketing this stuff exactly. towards us. And it's also kind of like, we have to become better ourselves in like being... Weaponed or like protected against this stuff because they're way smarter than we are they'll figure out a way to convince us to buy us or to change habits and one pretty cool piggyback of last time would be uh, a book you were reading a year ago i'm not sure if you remember last year you mentioned this uh, almost like exactly a year ago that you were Mm -hmm. reading the book deep work
1: i didn't manage to finish it i discovered that i have really hard hard time reading traditional books and i want to solve that by buying the next book by Cal Newport, which is Digital Minimalism, which I just purchased. And that's about like the fight against technology, which is killing our attention. And so I didn't yeah. manage to read the book, but I today I started an experiment. Today, for the first time in six years, I didn't carry my smartphone with me the entire day. So from 9 a.m. till 6 p.m., I didn't have my smartphone with me. That was an amazing experiment in uh, trying to declutter my feeds and incoming annoyances. I think I need to clear my mind to make room to be able to read linearly for two hours consecutive, which is not, this is a skill I'm unlearning. I need to relearn.
0: Yeah, I know the feeling as a kid, I used to be great at reading books for like five, six hours straight on holiday trips but it's, it's yeah. kind of like the muscle we've unlearned to use. And yeah. I'm, I actually yeah. started reading deep Work myself one day ago. I'm only on the second chapter, but again, the principle of protecting ourselves against all the big media companies, well, yeah. mainly just getting our attention and focus back being able to, you know, not do like a really small mini task once in a while, but actually focus for an hour straight and
1: read a good book and not be distracted. Exactly, then- I want to relearn this skill. Before jumping on like having projects or whatever on on this topic, I want to relearn the skill. So trying to force myself out of the continuous stream that that asks for your attention, like social media, mobile games. I used to think that the main enemy was internet but actually i think the main the biggest enemy is our smartphones right now it's so so easy to put it out from your pocket and just scroll something and today i hadn't it with me it was at the beginning painful because i instinctively put my hands in the pocket and say oh there's no no smartphone here but then in the afternoon it was okay Well, I was at work, I was in front of a screen. I had my personal Chrome browser on with my tabs. So it wasn't that like a detach, but I didn't have my smartphone. I enjoyed the experience of going to the restroom without the smartphone, something I forgot how to do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've tried many times myself, like dumping a smartphone, trying to stupefy my phone for a while, but somehow I always end up going back to either reinstalling a Facebook
1: application or Instagram. I deleted the Facebook application, but I use Facebook on browser or mobile. Mm-hmm. So, but it's much, much better. Yeah, great. Well, a
0: friend of mine was always suggesting, just log out. Every single time you've oh. done something, just
1: look out. That's amazing. And don't memorize your password on your phone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the that's big That's too <laughs> much. <laughs> <laughs> Throw in a password manager like LastPass. get a crazy strong yeah. master password. I mean,
1: <laughs> anyway, I, th- I think this is the big challenge of the mm-hmm. next decade, uh, how to make human being less stupid by find a way to give them their attention back and the enemies, which are the big corporations, they're not going to collaborate. So I think this is a big challenge. And also,
0: how do you think this kind of relates a little bit back to financial independence in the terms of like people that follow this movement, want to retire early, generally, you know, more focused and actually want to get stuff
1: done? I think that uh, filling your spare time with stupid things you do on the phone is something that it's acceptable if, you, if you're doing something, like if you go on a job and then you don't know how to fill your five minutes. Uh, but if you have all your time, I mean, you achieved financial independence, you quit your job, and now you have the entire day, and that would be a real shame to just waste it with attention the border. I think that in order to, to have a meaningful retirement, and by the way, calling it retirement is not fun. I mean, in order to leave your daily job and then go jump into some project that you really want to do, the attention killer are going to make you feel miserable if you don't fight them and you should. I mean, it's a duty. We are doing all we can to get, to get back our time. So that's an entire, if you can summarize financial independence with a single sentence is that like, I want to buy my time back. To do what? To have your attention fragmented? It's not work. And that's also at the same
0: time, we have to be smarter than the traditional system. We're beating the financial standards of it. We're retiring 20, 30, 40 years earlier than normal. But actually now there's a question popping up in me. Do you have a plan? Like in terms of, you know, once you're financially independent, you're retired, you've conquered your time back. Do you have a plan to make your time the most useful, best possible way? Do you have projects lined up?
1: I have several projects. they are not like crystal clear right now, but i I know what are my values and my interests uh, first of all, I don't know, as I explained a couple of times even recently, I don't know if I'm going to do work, 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 and then quit and then lead the fire lifestyle all at once. Maybe as I say, maybe I'll switch. I'll do something more progressive, like uh, reducing working time or taking maybe sabbaticals or mini retirements, and trying things out. I love writing for its own sake, so maybe I'll I'll try to write some book. I, I love financial things. I'm discovering. I'm writing this post series on ETFs, and and I'm learning a lot about investments. So maybe I can explore a future career as a financial advisor or I don't know. Then I have other things I want to do like teaching, coaching, volunteering, acting. I have many things. And I also want to, to see my daughter growing. I want to support her. And maybe we want to have another kid. I don't know. I have many things I like to do. Even just studying. I want to study more topics again. I'm kind of studying philosophy right now. With this fragmented attention, mainly non-linear on following blogs and Wikipedia pages, unstructured. Maybe I want to make it more structured, even getting a degree, if that makes sense. I don't think I'm going to run out of projects. I may actually also even come back with some software idea. Now I think I'm close to burnout in software, and I don't like read software books or I'm not doing what I used to do till five years ago, like the boring soft, software books. I'm not doing that. But I recently spent few, a couple of weeks working on a pet project, a video game. And I really enjoyed that. So maybe I'm still a software engineer. So maybe I will even start some, something on that. I think that's pretty cool. It's
0: kind of like lots of people, you know, they say like, hey, I'm happy. I'll go and travel for 30 years straight. And then after two years, they realize, hey, wait, I'm actually bored or they don't have a plan. They got three million in the bank, they're done with working. And then they're almost like, yep, what's next? It does sound you've got a plan going on and like tons of projects. And you know, even if after three, four years of project or even after a year, like, hey, I found a new career and inspiration to go and do something because I actually was able to relax and not just mm-hmm. focus on software engineering
1: anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't like the word retirement because it means something that we attribute to our grandparents. So for me, the goal is to be able to work on projects you like, and maybe that will generate even more money than than I'm generating with my job. But it's not guaranteed, and who cares if you have enough money? So that's the goal.
0: Exactly, and the word retirement is also maybe a bit, you know, too much of like the fifties and the sixties, the seventies. A thing our parents did. We're not retiring. We're just buying and conquering our time back. And if that means not working, so be it. But I'm pretty sure most people in this movement, we all love working or being productive in some way. And that can be being doing something like socially important, volunteering, or still a bit of consulting on the side. We love it too much to produce value and get awesome things going. I think most people. They'll always keep working in some way but not necessarily just for a salary job we don't have to
1: exactly the goal is not is to not have to not to not do anything I, even for travel i think i'm mostly done with traveling yes i will f- of course do some vacation here and there but if i can paint my ideal life i am in some remote place with an uh, with a an amazing house with a studio I I've wrote down what is my ideal studio with a bookshelves all the way, all around the studio, some desks, some meditation area. I don't think I'm, I'm a travel person anymore. I, I just want to be able to have my studio, work on my creativity with the time frame I desire and with nobody telling me what to do and no need to generate money. So that, that would be my definition of wealth. I'll feel wealthy when I can do whatever, when I will have freedom.
0: I'm still working on that myself, like visualizing what is the ideal way of organizing life, like that. Even if I had suddenly five million in the bank and like, hey, you're done now, go and do what you want. Like, I think this is a, this
1: is an important homework, uh, uh, trying to visualize what what an ideal day would be, and it doesn't have to be one ideal day. You can have ten different ideal days because you don't want to do every day the same stuff. So you may say I have an ideal productive day, an ideal leisure day, or You can even switch to ideal weeks. Like my ideal week is that I have two days where I just go out and walk in the woods, but then three days I work like crazy on my project. and maybe one day bring my daughter to the swimming pool. I don't know. I think visualizing your ideal future, then it's guaranteed that you will never do what you are visualizing like now. Who was it? Was Eisenhower who say that, Plants are useless, but planning is very important, something like that. (laughs) Even if you didn't say it, I,
0: I, I, (laughs) (laughs) I, I like the way it's phrased. Because every plan can go wrong or change. And as long as we at least have an idea where we're kind of like going for. And the process of making a plan itself is also just as much as a challenge. Because every month, every day, I'm discovering things like, hey, I actually like this way and way more than the way I did before and it changes your perspective sometimes on
1: everything which can be really annoying it helps you defining your values I mean what do you think you value right now you uh, you may say oh I really value my family but when you think about spending more time is that a good image or yeah I mean I think it's a reflection on your own values which should be what will define your retirement life Absolutely. And I think this is also
0: a great moment to switch over to the last topic of uh, today's episode: geo-arbitrage, but in the sense of how the heck can we use this in Europe? We've covered the moments in the podcast in the last year, but never like really discussed it a bit more in depth. And Mr. I think you're a great person to comment on that and have a bit of a discussion going with the two of us, because the whole world is always saying like, hey, go to Switzerland, get yourself a 150k job (laughs) and move to Thailand which obviously sounds amazing, but I also know plenty of people who are just like, hey, I'll actually stay in Switzerland and retire over there.
1: On paper, you can find the best way to, to accumulate money and then to spend money, but you must take into account the lifestyle. So as I said probably in one of last month update, we are getting used to the quality of life in Switzerland. So, okay, it's expensive but you have another level of life. It's not about material stuff. It's, it's that we live on top of, I mean, we live in a, in a small apartment, but it's in the middle of a park with donkeys and horses. And it's five minutes from the center of Zurich, where like it's one of the most expensive cities in the world. So here we can walk down our, our daughter in the woods in one minute. So this is also a factor that if you live here, six years and a half we live here, After six years and a half, you get hedonistically adapted. So I try to do the best to resist the materialistic adaptation. But Switzerland is so good that it's very hard then to leave it.
0: So Matthias, have you ever talked about dividend stocks, Estonian companies, or how frugal you are on the first dates or with one of your colleagues? I tried it once with a colleague and he said, dividend what? Aha, do you know, I actually have a retreat that covers this all. Oh, tell me more. So this retreat, it's all about workshops and talks together with like-minded folks who share their knowledge with you.
1: Oh, sounds awesome. Do you have also barbecue, yoga and surfing and
0: are we able to have a glass of wine? Actually yes we do. That's all together combined in Portugal, but the most important question of the day, when is this actually? Will it be in 2019?
1: It's actually in 2019 at 24th of May to 27th at Agave in Portugal, near the ocean. And we have also a pool for people who don't like nature.
0: That actually sounds pretty good. And then where do I find this?
1: Head over to financial-independence.eu slash retreat. That's R-E-T-R-E-A-T. So yeah, winter's shit. Looking forward to it.
0: I can also imagine that um, I think Switzerland in Europe or in general in the world, one of the best life qualities you're ever going to find. And I also like what you said about it's close to the city center. It might be expensive, yeah. but you're in town in a second. You're, you're not wasting your
1: time on an hour in the train. You're, you can actually do you walk to work. My commute is fifteen minutes by bike or 20, 20 wow. minutes by, by bus or 40 minutes by, by walking. So I can choose. And I usually pick up random.
0: I like that one, and because that's also, again, another way of, in Europe, there are many examples of how people actually use geo-arbitrage in the sense of, for example, in Switzerland, it's a really common thing, either live in France, Germany, Italy, go over the border, work and uh, rent in the cheaper countries. But the people doing that they, they're spending hours
1: on traveling a day. Yeah. I mean, I, when, I, when I was living in Milan, in Italy, I remember the underground, the metro, during rush hours, and I don't want to come back to that. So here in Switzerland, when I go to work by bus, it's always like half empty. There's always some seat you can—I mean, you can sit on the bus, not have to stand one close to another. And so this is something then that can actually be real lifestyle inflation. But anyway, I would recommend everybody to come to Switzerland to to accumulate money, maybe as early as you can, because when you start like having a family and sending your kids to kindergarten here, then it's hard to move out. It's really hard.
0: That's true. And Switzerland is a great place to be like that. And one example of last time you use, which I found pretty interesting, is the saving density per unit or per kilo is the way you explained it at the time. You're in, <laughs> your, in, <laughs> your in-laws bringing over food yeah. from, from Italy. And you're like, hey, wait, well, best I can buy here as well. Why would I bother? Let them just bring the good and expensive stuff over.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we are are very good with groceries in general. So we try to to relax that a bit. We don't go to Italy to the grocery on a regular basis. But when we go to Italy, of course, we'll carry as much things as we can. And yes, as I said, I would favor how much are we saving per cubic centimeter on this product? Because that's kind of the point. You can still
0: live in a really, really expensive place, but having the cheaper slash good quality things from a cheaper yes. place. Just bring bring everything to, to the good place yeah. to live. We live in the twenty first century. Not nothing is stopping you from actually doing that. <laughs>
1: yes, ex- except some sma- anti like smuggling laws. <laughs> but there are some limits that you can you can still afford and not breaking the laws
0: most definitely i'm familiar with many friends who try to get over the border in switzerland and either took too much or bought a stereo installation back in germany brought it over and suddenly we're like hey, yep uh yeah, please pay i don't know how the actual vat rate, <laughs> but yeah so do it obviously <laughs> within the law but if you're flexible in your time in your purchasing and where you buy things from flexible in the way you think and i'm you know, ha- happy going to mikros it was right in zurich mm-hmm. yes you can still live an amazing life in a really, really expensive city because the, the traditional setup of geo average like he live in a cheap place, earn money in the really, really high earning places, or live in a really expensive place and then move to Thailand. It's not ju- not really needed always.
1: No, no. But there are like in Switzerland, for example, um, there are a few things which are super expensive. One is like childcare. So having kids in Switzerland is super expensive. But if you are like single and and you're here, you can even share an apartment. you can save ninety five percent of your salary if you if you are single and just want to accumulate again retire somewhere else. But as soon as you start having a family, uh, expenses are going to grow like rent, medical expenses like health care, yeah, and child care those are those are the main expenses, I think. so is it almost
0: you're saying like if you have the chance to plan, you're young or you're an opportunity. Plan ahead, not just, yeah. you know, obviously we were talking earlier about, you know, what after financial independence, like plan your life, have a plan what you're actually going to do. But before, like before you're starting with your accumulation phase or while you're still in it, you can actually plan.
1: Yes. Yes. We have several friends that they spend all their salary. So because you come here, you, you have already some, your sons and you want to live large. Uh, it's easy to spend all your salary here.
0: And definitely given the food, I, I've tried the food personally in Zurich in terms of restaurants and there, there are too many nice things to do. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes it's too attractive to live the good life and lifestyle inflation can, can be strong. And I do think we're going to change this episode up from just geo-arbitrage of like the power of planning and what it can mean for your actual approach. Because making the money is honestly, I think for most people... It's pretty doable. We're all able to either become professional in a certain profession, become good, earn a high salary. But, you know, what do you actually do with it in the
1: end? Nice, I'm earning 100K, 200K. Cool, you've well, accomplished that. Several friends I have, even colleagues, they they don't plan to leave their job. They like their job. So at one point, people start spending their salary, which is not, which is not bad. And some part of me envies those people because they say, okay, I'm living here. I'm happy. I earn a lot i've spent 95 percent of it so i'm okay so switzerland is also good if you are like a traditional person that wants to just have a good life the problem is that is this going to last so i think financial independence is also an insurance against things that can go wrong and also when you're saying i envy them i personally i wish i would be able to do that
0: just spend whatever exactly uh, like and buy a really stupid example but I wanted to buy an Amazon Echo over And I'm like, yeah, but it's 50 pounds over here. It's such a waste of money. And then Spotify was offering a couple of them Uh for free. If you signed up for like a 15 pound plan and you got one for free through that, I'm like, Uh sure, then I'll just get that one. Cancel the plan, get the free Amazon Echo and not pay anything for it. And in the end, I maybe spent- People in
1: Switzerland will tell you, oh, that's a lot of effort. Why do that? Just buy one, who cares? So that's why everything goes toward- oh this is annoying so just let's pay more money to fix this issue yeah and that's what i mean by i wish it would make life so much easier to just like not
0: worry well not necessarily worry but make the choice between like hey it mm-hmm. will take me you know say an hour to earn that money versus 30 minutes to find my way around it so it's worth doing it that
1: way of thinking the prerequisite for this is that you should be happy doing what you're doing for a living i mean if you feel like, like I do. Like, I, I feel I have something better to do with my time. So, if I were happy with my job and who cares, I, I might have inflated my lifestyle and solved all these annoyances throwing money at it or buying insurances for everything like people do in Switzerland. But the problem is that I, I value my freedom more than all this small stuff. And that's also the reason, in the end, why
0: you will escape and 99% of the others will stay behind yeah well but i don't judge
1: them i mean they no. are they are happy they're okay i mean it's just that it's not for everybody financially independent. someone even gets their self-worth tied to their job title i mean people would be here they would be scared of saying uh, oh i don't have a job
0: in the end it's about what makes you happy and to slowly finish it up i actually have one question on this you in your younger years were you considered like a weird financial person, as in like in, in, back in Italy when your friends were buying things, you're like, nah, I can't buy that it. too expensive. And like <laughs> going through like odd ways to avoid spending just a little bit. Yes, the,
1: yes, I was, I was super frugal and focusing a lot on saving instead of letting my like earning grow. If I can go back 20 years in the past, I would try to boost my income as early as possible. I came to Switzerland and earned a six-figure salary on only at the age of 35. Like Mr. Money Mustache was already retired by five years when I started making real money.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's, you're still doing great at the moment, but having... Like a plan on being self-aware and like, hey, wait, five years in Switzerland will buy me 60, 70 years of my life if I plan it well and just get
1: it done straight after uni. I'm doing great, but as I said, I started very, very late. If I can recommend anybody, they should aim to maximize your growing potential at the very beginning of your career. Because when you're 25, 30, you should be focusing on loving what you do. Because I, I was, I mean, I was a passionate software engineer, but now at 40, passion is out. I mean, I mean, every 40 years old, they know like 90% of people after 40, they just take jobs as a, as a chore. They, they don't, they're no more passionate. So, but you don't know when you're 25. So don't fuck around, <laughs> start as early as possible and get passionate, don't, don't think about one day I will quit. Just start as early as possible think you'll never quit. Then 10 years later, you discover, hey, by the way, you have a couple of millions spare. Now my boss sucks. So know what to do? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that should be, I mean, this should be, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like a kid should believe in Santa, but then at like age 10, they discover Santa is not real. And the same is with FI. So you should like start believing that, that having a career is awesome. That later, you discover that that's bullshit. But you should start as early as possible and as convinced as you can. It's hard, like
0: for myself. Once I realized like how it actually works and the mechanics, of I'm like, well,
1: I want a career, but life after the career sounds so much better. Mm-hmm. But you can still have a career. Mm-hmm. On, yes, I don't know. Maybe you can. Maybe in the future I'll be a theater actor for a living, and that's a career. It's a career that will earn not enough to survive if I hadn't accumulated money. But that's that's another kind of career. So careers are maybe good when you are on charge of every single steps of your career and not depending on a boss or a company or on like bullshit. Exactly. And
0: maybe your career, you know, if your money making career part of life, And after that, you can be an actor or you can be a coach or whatever you want, but for less financial purposes. And that makes you happier. And and there's a phase a time and a moment
1: for everything in life. I think it's something that belongs to the past, that, that you have to do one thing for your entire life. There has also been like an amazing John Oliver episode I don't know if you know John Oliver. Oh, the, yes, yes. It, <laughs> about it, automation. Yes. So, I mean, financial independence is something we, we now want to do because we are hippie somehow. But in future, maybe everybody will be kicked out of the job market at age 40 because simply there are not enough jobs for everybody. So that's time share. So we are just anticipating the time probably. And in the end... People will have time to do to, to to explore more things than just study for something and then work fifty years on the same stuff. Exactly, life can be great.
0: The the companies and the marketing and our crazy own lifestyle took it from us. Now we're taking it back.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I want to be for five years a financial advisor, then for five years a, a theater actor, then for five years a teacher to high school students. Who who's blocking me right now? Uh, Money.
0: <laughs> In the end, do you want to retire or semi-retire or become independent
1: in in Switzerland itself? Or will it be another country? This is an amazing question. and, And that's actually the main topic of my family's discussion almost every other day. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. We are probably, probably exploring many options. Most of them are outside Switzerland, but we don't know yet. Maybe current plan, well, it's unannounced, so I don't, I don't want to, to tell much more. But let's say I, we can explore staying some months in Switzerland once we think we are FI somewhere else to try to see if a mix of passive income and some side gig will give us enough money to keep staying in Switzerland. If it doesn't work, we will leave. So this is the current rough plan, but maybe we change our minds. Which is fine. If
0: a hybrid approach does a job, go for it. Yeah. If not, if not, and that's the beauty of it. If we can
1: plan, well, then we can do anything in the world. Yeah, exactly. The problem is that uh, originally, like when I started blogging, even before, as soon as I came to Switzerland, I thought, okay, I will accumulate some money and then go back to Italy and I will be rich. The problem is that Italy is sinking down politically, socially, economically. So Italy is kicking itself from the options because quality of life, maybe it's not enough. But there are other options in Europe. We are thinking about Portugal, Spain, South of France, maybe even some other neighboring countries like Croatia. I don't know. Uh, We would like to have a small trip exploring alternatives like. We are, probably, we are probably coming to Portugal in a couple of months for the retreat. Nice. And, <laughs> and that should be, well, that would be like just a few days. So you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't get the feeling of how a country is in a few days. But it's really hard to plan for geo-arbitrage without actually going
0: to places. And that's also that Portugal might be cheaper than Switzerland, but how do you know that life
1: is better there? And then imagine this thing. Uh, we, we hear. Uh, friends i i have a job so at one point we just quit everything and drop ourselves in a place where we don't have any kind of root and without a job so there it's a lot of stress maybe it's amazing it's a lot of stress if we were 10 years younger we would do on uh, we would be excited here all the discussions we have we are more scared than excited and that that's not a good thing
0: That's maybe, again, also a process, getting to the point and then like, hey, wait, I can actually do it and then the happiness kicks in or it's just a gradual process until you actually can be happy with it. Maybe that's also just hard on itself, like it takes a while to realize it. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Well, Mr. Rip, I think we are covering some pretty cool topics for here. Not everything exactly planned before, but just having a discussion going like this. Thank you so much for this.
1: Yeah, I will... I will keep you posted. Maybe we'll have another episode next year with more updates.
0: That's a great thing. We'll we'll keep this running every year. And that's the thing, what I love about this podcast, getting people on and just having these conversations, which are so hard to have with just normal people in your surroundings because they either don't understand it or they're like, what are you talking for? Kind of like weird nonsense. So we have this awesome European
1: community going. You're doing an amazing job. Yeah, I love your podcast. Uh, That's awesome. I was thinking about what what was it like Estonian uh, residency. Oh, that episode got me like, what the hell? And then when discovering Mm -hmm. the Araminta posts and other posts about Estonian residency. So yeah, uh, thank you. You're you're doing an amazing job. But like. like europe has never been so close together
0: and that's the thing we might have brexit going over and all kinds of crazy things but forget the uk we're getting closer to each other in different ways and
1: like except governments governments (laughs) like nationalism (laughs) everywhere that that, that, that's what really sucks like we have opportunities i'm a globalist person I, i i think we are in the same world i'm a cosmopolitan i think i'm a citizen of the world and i hate to see how politics is going to get, to get so divided everywhere
0: officially i'm dutch but i don't consider myself dutch i consider myself european living in the uk yeah. or in switzerland or mm-hmm. w- wherever i'll be going I'm, I'm a european and i believe in european values and some things the french do i find weird some things mm-hmm. that do mm-hmm. I, I find amazing like the dutch food sucks the french are a hundred times <laughs> better
1: than, <laughs> than we are yeah, and, i mean uh, i don't want to transform this into a political like <laughs> no <laughs> But I think if you want to survive between China and the U.S., Europe should be as united as possible. By the way.
0: And we'll be our own little weird community of financial independence exactly. people in between. <laughs> but, Mr. Rip, I also would like to throw out the last questions of today to you, our yes. uh, standard questions. So if any listeners would like to get in touch with you or find you, where can they get more, learn more about you?
1: Uh, well, I have this blog named Retire in Progress. Send me an email. I'm super willing to meet as many people as as I can. I can tell you some fun story. Like today is Thursday. Last Thursday, I met a reader and uh, we had an amazing uh, evening in a pub drinking beers. And that's what I love about blogging and having a community. Because you meet people and in three seconds, you are best friend of your life. And two days ago, I met another reader that I invited at, at, at my workplace, we had lunch together. He brought me kale, a small like candies from Cyprus, and that was amazing. I think having a community is amazing. So if you want to meet me, be quick because my inbox is overflowing. So at one point I will have to push people back. <laughs> but uh, you can find me at uh, retiringprogress.com
0: Awesome. Once I'll be in Zurich, I'll uh, come over and we'll sure. grab a coffee somewhere. You're welcome. <laughs> Great. And then, Mr. Rip, what is one resource not well known that you would recommend others to use? It can be anything from a blog, a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just somebody you're like, hey, one. read this.
1: Melting Asphalt. It's a blog I recently found by Kevin Simler. And it's about behaviors in general, because I think that if you want to the biggest mistake you can do in while accumulating money and investing is to not take into account your behavioral problems and your cognitive biases. So this blog, Melting Asphalt, is amazing in showing you how you can be wrong in so many things.
0: And we'll also definitely add one to the show notes. I find it an okay. in- interesting one and it fits nicely today with the topic we've been covering and well, then the last question of the evening, what would be the number one actionable tip for somebody on the bed of, if I were getting started with it, you would give them like, what's the one thing they should do? Like that's the most powerful they can do. Try to
1: find enjoyable to save money. I think my strength is that I, whenever I find a way to save money, I'm personally excited. It's the same when you work out. If you go to work out because you want to lose fat, you're not going to resist. If you want to work out because you like working out, then you're going to be an ultramarathon of people.
0: Uh, Make it fun, gamification, and let's go for it. Mr. Rip, thank you so much uh, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing through your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review